good evening this is the last episode of 2022 um super excited uh, for the new year i hope that everyone you know stays safe this year but i kind of went back and forth whether i was going to do an episode but i feel like it's it makes sense for me to end the this um the year with a you know an outgoing kind of message for you whether you listen tonight or uh tomorrow or within the new year um hopefully it's it's some helpful information to you so it's going to be titled now is all you have and uh it's going to be a couple of different things that i'll read from but again the message is just like i i think my thing with this is i want people to remember like this has been a year you know we've there's been ups and downs and there's been a lot of lessons that I know I've learned and I'm sure other people have learned too. And I just want you to be proud of yourself and that you made it, that you made it through this year, <laughs> um, that we've made it through the past, what, two, two years, because I feel like 2020 to 2022 has literally been a blur of one year. <laughs> like so many crazy things have happened and time literally has just been going by so fast. So just be proud of yourself, give yourself grace and, um, um, think about what you've done this far and what you're going to do into the new year and don't have to you don't have to have a bunch of goals to accomplish in the new year you can just be kind of just go with it and see what god or see what comes next to your life right so just really just do what works for you but i did want to tap in um i want to say thank you again for all the listeners who have listened this year whether it be one episode or all of them or multiple i definitely appreciate it um and you know looking forward to the new year doing some more episodes and adding more things to the brand so look out for that and just definitely be safe tonight um and but also celebrate yourself celebrate your accomplishments and celebrate going into new year. So as I said, this episode is going to be called Now is All We Have. So I'm going to be reading some things from my favorite book, 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna Weiss. So the first one I wanted to read is this chapter. It's titled Things We Expect of Others But Rarely Consider Changing Ourselves. I just thought it was appropriate considering the new year and how you know, again, like I said, people set new goals, but you know, you think about, um, a lot of the times the theme is like, Oh, who are you cutting off in the new year? You know, at the end of the year. And sometimes you have to take a step back and think like, are you cutting people off without giving them some type of grace or are you expecting more of them than you expect of yourself? Right. So you have to keep that into keeping that in mind. So I'm just going to read off some of the things that she has listed here and and kind of dissect it. So number one, uh, again, these are things we expect of others, but rarely consider changing ourselves. Number one, we expect other other people to be honest and open with their intentions, especially romantically. But how many people are we keeping on the back burner? How many people do we leave lingering and wondering and waiting just because it's more convenient for us? Starting out strong, (laughs) because I definitely know I am guilty of this. And usually it's not even intentionally. It's not intentionally. Like, I think sometimes I've I've gotten better with that. Because I will say, and I feel like I've talked about this before, but when I first became single and 
wasn't really interested in dating, but had people like asking me on dates and stuff like that. And I would just go just to go on the date. And it was a good experience for me. And the person had fun too, but also I can see how like, that's not really a good space to really be in either because if you, it's kind of leading somebody on, right? If you're not really interested and leaving people lingering and wondering. And um, I know what that's what that feels like on the other end. So um, yeah, I would say just being more, more conscious of how you move, whether that be romantically or in friendships or within your job, within just different relationships that you have, like what move with honest intention and try to be honest. And I feel like that's something that I definitely try to practice. Um, even if it's going to be hurtful to the other person or you, it might be hurtful to your, it might bruise your own ego, right? Because if you're saying, Hey, after a few dates or whatever, I don't really like this person, but I do like the attention that I get from them. I like the fact that they message me or they call me every day or and stuff like that. And maybe the person that you want doesn't do that. Right. Or maybe it's always the people that you're not attracted to or interested in. They do all the right things that you like, but you just want it from someone that you're actually interested in. So, but then you come to that ego part of like, do you let that person go so they can find someone that is their equal to that would appreciate those actions? Or do you just kind of leave them, let them keep doing that to please you while you search for someone else? And I think that I know a lot of times you hear guys doing that, but women do it too. Um, and that's typically comes from a, a, a place of hurt, right? Or maybe you just don't want to be alone. And I think I've learned this year, well, within the past two or three, two, two or three years about, um, the joys and the beauty of, of learning myself and being alone and how it's not a negative thing. It's a thing. It's a way for me to learn. I've learned so much about myself. I've grown because I've been able to be by myself and um, it's not a bad thing at all. I love being by myself. I love enjoying my own company, um, living alone and just doing things on my own. So um, I think that that has made it really easier for me to be able to say to someone, you know what, I like you as a friend and I respect the fact that you can't continue that, but I don't want to lead you on. And I think that that just makes it so much easier for both people. So, um, and again, that could be for jobs too, right? Cause sometimes people do that with jobs too. Like when you're interviewing and you, this job is offering you something and you hold on to them knowing that you don't really want that, but you're trying to wait for the other, per- the other job maybe to come through. So it's just about being honest, like it says, um, and learning to do that more often with other people, especially when you tend to want other people to be honest with you. Number two, we get angry at people who aren't unconditionally kind. We try to teach children to be kind by punishing them when they're not. We demand that other people are open-minded and loving, often in very closed mind and unloving ways. This is true because we're just, we're humans. Everybody has fluctuating emotions. You never really know what someone's going through. Um, So I know it's like we always say like, you never know what someone's going through. So be kind. But sometimes being kind is just not an option. It doesn't mean that you have to be mean, but maybe it's just like, Hey, I, you're in a space where you just got to be quiet and you you just got to be secluded. And, um, I think that, yeah, like leaving that space for people to go through their emotions, whether whatever way works for them and not taking it personal. I saw something like that today, how you have to learn 
train your mind, train your emotions, train your heart to not take things personally. Because 9.9 times out of 10, when someone is giving you attitude or they seem angry or sad or something, it's not about you. And that's usually comes from our ego, right? Because we think that, hey, if we're doing good, you got to be doing good too. And if you're not, then what's your problem? When it's like, "Mm, well, actually that person might've just lost a family member. (laughs) So they might not be good. And there you want them to be good for you, for your pleasure. It's not about them. If you're really... If you're moving from a soul purpose, then when you come across people in that space, you don't take it personal. You, you try to say, hey, how can I help? Or you back off and give that person space because you understand that it's not about you in that moment. And I think that that's something that we have to learn and practice too. Um, number three, we expect that if somebody is interested in us, they should have to make the first move. All right, let me read what it says. (laughs) Nobody wants to be sitting around waiting for someone to ask them out or sweep them off their feet. But nobody wants to do the asking or sweeping either. When's the last time you leaped out of your comfort zone to tell someone you care about them? When's the last time you definitely asked somebody on a date, not just to hang out? When's the last time you did what you want others to do for you? I hear it, you know, I, I hear the message. Um, I feel like we, I've discussed this multiple times, but dating nowadays is just such a messy, messy place to be. And as a woman making the first move, uh, it's definitely puts you at, okay, well, and I'm not going to say it puts you out of the comfort zone because some women are just, they move like that, right? They just always make the first move. Um, I think you should do what works for you. Sometimes it is cool to get out of your comfort zone and just take that step. But again, I would say do what works for you. Um, but just be okay with if that person doesn't make the first move, that are you okay with not potentially getting to know that person or going on that date? So you just really have to know, like, how bad do you want it, I guess. Um, but this is true, though. We do expect people to be interested in us, that they just make the move. We don't have to do anything. Um All right, number four, we don't understand when people aren't compelled by the cause or causes we feel most strongly about, but we complain the second somebody else's passions inconvenience us in the form of too many ALS bucket challenge videos on our Facebook feed or annoying political opinions that we don't want to have to see or hear about each day. Again, I think that's just saying like being more open-minded, letting people do what works for them while you do what works for you and creating a space where both can kind of work together. Uh, Number five, we expect people to trust us right off the bat, but the reasons we don't trust others are always justifiable. (laughs) That one, yeah, that one, hmm, that one's coming for me because I definitely know that I'm not, I'm not a trustworthy person. I'm not trusting right off the bat of people. But I do, I always say, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And usually you can't necessarily judge someone off the first impression, but I think it's something to keep in mind because we all know whether consciously or subconsciously, the first time you're meeting someone, you want to make a good impression because you want to be remembered as most people want to be remembered as good or creating a good impression. So um 
and being able to create a good impression to to have that person trust in you. Maybe they're not going to trust their life with you, but they'll trust in the fact of like who you are, your character. So I think when it says we expect people to trust us right off the bat, maybe the person's not, I don't expect someone to trust me like completely, but I do expect them to give me a chance. I would say that more so, like give people a chance just as much as you want them to give you a chance. Because I think that's where, at least for me, that's where it comes from. Like I give, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Give them a chance to show me who you are. And then based on that, I can decide whether you're somebody that I can trust to keep getting to know. Um, number six, when someone isn't there for us unconditionally or doesn't know that we need them without us having to say so, we find it rude and selfish. But how often do we go out of our way? to try to psychoanalyze and predict the actions and desires and intentions of the people in our lives. I know that's that's true because I really don't do that. I don't try to um, figure out like completely like what's going on with people in my life all the time. But I do know like when I'm going through something, I want people to be there for me. So again, just learning how to, I think that teaches when you have, when I feel like when I experience that, or when I used to experience that way more, um, I learned that you ha- I had to learn how to be there for myself first and learn what I need to be comforted in those times. And so it took me to be, again, more in tune with myself, be more, get to know myself better, heal myself and talk to God more and just have a, create a better relationship with God so that I wouldn't depend on man because you can't, you're not supposed to do that, right? Because everyone, just like we have emotions that are fleeting, other people do too. Other people always have stuff going on too. So um, you can't always expect everyone to to have a clean plate to help you out during your stuff too, because we all got problems. As much as we want to help other people, you got to help yourself. Um, so yeah, that was a good one. Number seven, we call people small-minded for making judgments about parts of our lives that they don't know the whole of. But how often do we do that to strangers and coworkers and friends as a matter of daily conversation? We know that if people really knew us, really knew our whole story, they'd understand. And yet we run around judging others for things that we don't understand. Stories we don't know the entirety of. That's true. Um, Again, I kind of feel like going back to like when you first meeting someone and they're the first impression and when you get to know them you're never gonna know well you're not really ever gonna know someone's full story I don't think you know it's based on what they want to tell you and what they want to show you so um yeah just not being not judging people because you never know what someone's been through um but also not making excuses for what people have been through you know still we all are human and we go through things and we have to learn how to heal and you can't repeat the cycle of hurt people hurt people you right you still have to learn to do better uh number eight a common source of frustration is when people don't take care of their relationship issues in a way that seems obvious to us leave if the person isn't perfect get over the things you can't change but how often is it that the case how often is that the case in our lives we don't allow others to be messy but we expect them to lend a comforting shoulder when we're in pieces again you know, a lot of the time, especially with like how it says about relationships, you're looking on the outside and you don't really know what that relationship is like. You, you know what you see and what they allow you to see. So when someone is in a situation that you think is 
obvious to leave, you don't know why they want to stay. You know, they, you don't know what it is about that situation. So I think the best thing you can do is just be comforting and being there for them and letting them know that you're there for them. But that's definitely a situation where you have to let people figure that out on their own um, and do what works for them and just kind of be a standby or standard by or a support system um, and be there for them like you would want someone to be there for you. Number nine, in theory, we expect people to be accepting of all religions. Yet if someone doesn't understand our dogma or belief system or religious background, we consider them just not at the level to understand it. We can claim that every path is valid, but many people don't realize they believe theirs is just a little bit more effective. This is true. Um, which is why it's like important to just let people do what works for them. You don't have to accept what someone else is doing or copy them, but you do have to respect that. Number 10, we think people who judge others over petty things are terrible, but we're judging them for judging, which is also petty. <laughs> um, number 11, we expect people to not make jokes at our expense, despite the fact that often the cheapest shot at humor is in tearing other people down. And at the end of the day, we're quick to go for the lazy and mean jibe that gets a laugh when we need to feel a little lifted. That's true. Because <laughs> I know for me, you come for me, I'm about to come for you because <laughs> I don't, don't joke about me, <laughs> but I can joke about other people. <laughs> but it's not, that's not fair. So you have to be able to, get to be able to take what you, what you give out, right? Um, number 12. And that's why it's like, also just going back to that one, it's more so just about not taking everything so seriously and not taking everything so personal. Um, number 12, we expect that people value themselves and stop disparaging themselves, but we also expect them to lift us up when we do it ourselves, or we even think our constant self-depreciation is endearing. That's a good one. Because a lot of the times, you know, you do kind of get into this space of like, oh, I wish I was this, or I'm not that great at this, or oh, I need to do better, or I need, like, so, okay, example I think of is like losing weight. Like, people will pe say, oh, I need to lose weight, I need, I'm so fat, and this and that, and it's like, that is um, self-depreciating, right? Um, but we look at it as sometimes endearing, but you when someone if you have a friend who's doing that who consistently does that you might get annoyed and be like all right you're not then go to the gym then do something about it like right or stop complaining about it or you're not that right but we expect the to receive that same graciousness when we consistently do it or we do it so again it's just like getting give out what you want to re receive uh number 13 we expect people to change overnight whether it's eating better and taking control of their health, getting out of a toxic relationship or job, whatever it is, when other people self-sabotage, we think a pep talk will do the trick. That's rarely the case. We need only to look at our own detrimental habits to see that. Again, like giving people the grace and giving people space to, to make decisions and figure out things out. Life is not easy. Number 14, we roll our eyes and shoot dirty looks at people who don't behave the way we think is considerate and appropriate who are too loud in public, who are late or messy or in some way unkempt, unkept. Yet we, when we're tired and stressed and behind schedule, we don't care if we loudly take a work call while online for coffee or hold up a waitress or cashier to accommodate a random need. It's fine when we're laughing loudly and talking over brunch because 
we're excited, but it's annoying when someone else does the same thing. It's it's not only not a nuisance if we're doing it. That's true. Again, just like letting people live and realizing that you're not the only one and you got to give people space and give people grace and not take things personally and not make things about you. Um, Number 15, we expect complete honesty from others. And yet when that honesty is something we don't want to hear, it's mean. And when it's our turn to tell the truth, we avoid doing so until there's no other choice. Mm. I feel like that one kind of can resonate with the dating thing, like turning someone down. Like I was saying, like, if you're interested, if I'm interested in a guy and I'm like having bring up a conversation of like, hey, what it, what is this? Where is this going? And they're being honest and saying like, oh, I don't see this. I see you more as a friend. They're like, I'm not ready ready for this or whatever the case may be. Just really a, a, a no. I could potentially take that as being that person's being mean, but um, even though they're being honest. Um, but that's a bruise to my ego. But then when it's my turn, like if it's a guy who's interested in me and they ask me that question, um, I might potentially avoid doing so (laughs) just to avoid, um, being mean. Uh, but it's not, that's not really, what's being mean is holding that person captive in a sense by not being honest. Number 16, we expect unconditional love from the people who are closest to us as if that will be enough to make up for the fact that we do not love ourselves. Ooh, let me read that one again. We expect unconditional love from the people who are closest to us as if that will be enough to make up for the fact that we do not love ourselves. This one, I think, definitely can relate to dating and love and relationships and romantic relationships. I strongly believe if you don't love yourself, there's not the the, the perfect man, woman, whatever is not going to be enough. It's always going to you're always going to find a problem. Their condition, unconditional love um, will become, in a sense, conditional because you will be consistently looking for them to fill your cup. Your cup should are you should. Like I said, the more time alone with yourself to learn who you are, you should already know how to make yourself happy and how to love yourself and how to present yourself as the highest, best self and your most loved self so that when this person comes along, they learn you, they learn who you are and how you make yourself happy and they add to that. It shouldn't be the basis of it um, because you're not. that's not fair to them because then now it's taking away from time for them to love on themselves and... There's not, they're not going to be able to complete all of that for you and enjoy the relationship. Um, all right. So the next one is, a, is called let yourself be happier than you think you deserve. If all great things are done by a series of small things put together, then great lives are created by a series of small moments put together, most of which we miss out on because we're writing the synopsis rather than the paragraphs of the chapters. It's as though we live to write our eulogies. We get degrees and spouses and desire storylines and unfolding fates that make sense and flow well and ultimately write beautiful and admirable stories, but only ones that we will ever tell ourselves. We're never actually remembered for more than who we were and who we loved and how we lived in a moment-to-moment sense. The rest, the big, the overarching, milestone kind of things don't matter and maybe they never did. We miss the moments because we're distracted, distracted by the one person we search for in a crowd fearing they're there, even when they're hours and states and other impossibilities away. 
but by the someone who is always on our minds when we're writing or creating or choosing or riding the train or falling asleep, when we behave as though they are with us and narrate our lives by what they'd say and feel and think if they were with us, though we know we'd never know that. There's always one daunting task, always one to-do list that fails to include anything surrounding what we actually want to do. Not for work, not for the credit, not out of responsibility, but just because we want to be happy. Always one more promotion, one more move, one more great love to find before we can be happy. But we aren't. We don't choose. We don't think we deserve. We don't think we deserve it. We keep searching and we keep narrating and we keep living as though we have a tomorrow to live out all these grand fantasies and promises to ourselves. When the reality is that unless we stop today, we'll live forever on the promise of tomorrow. These are daydreams. They're visions and hopes and issues that don't exist. The minute you start thinking of the past or future, realize that it's only a thought of a thing. A thought that's happening in a now, a now that we're missing. Tomorrow never changes us. Our jobs never change us. Our relationships don't either. Our problems change as the things in our lives do. The issues we take are reflections of what's wrong with us. The uh, the people we hate, reflections of our insecurities. No matter how many things come and go, we take the same issues and hate the same people for the same reasons and never stop to realize that it's not them that we hate, it's the parts of us they force us to recognize. You have to stop living for how other people will remember you. Stop Stop living by telling yourself the story that you think other people will be happy reading because it's an empty and lifeless one and it robs you of the thing you're most seeking when you do it. The most important thing is that you do what makes you happy and that you understand that your happiness is your choice and your responsibility alone. It is not a day or a job or a relationship or a change or way. It's right now. The only work to do is to remove the blocks that prevent you from living it out. The only change that has to happen is you. The untold millions of little moments are what matter. It's not about having a job. It's about having a life that you want to live. It's not about having a degree. It's about the nights you finally felt the opposite of loneliness. It's not about having a relationship. It's about being in one. And it's not about living a life that other people can sum up comfortably. It's about having a life wherein those millions of moments build and corroborate with one another and you follow them and you have more. You won't be there to hear the stories and eulogies they tell of you. You're only here to know them now. Hmm. Live in the now. Appreciate where you are now. Um, Okay, and that goes to the last one that I'm going to read. It's called Now is All You Have. I don't know why I can't talk, sorry. Now is All You Have. (laughs) From all the time I spend overanalyzing an arbitrary act I can't can't be the only one guilty of. I realize that I'm able to routinely trace all of my issues back to the same core problem. I don't know how to be uncomfortable. I don't know how to be able to feel good things without being completely deterred from the experience by the inevitably bad. It's something I have to outgrow because it's certainly not something that is resolvable. It's just life. And I think we live in a world that's all but curated that mindset for us. I have the issue of seeing parts of my life as just precursors of time to facilitate getting to where I want to be next. And the sickening reality of that is, given enough of those days, your entire life becomes a waiting game. Now I've been able to resolve a lot of that nagging, lingering need to escape, but of course it creeps up on me 
now and again. So I can't help but be interested in it. Because it comes from the idea that there will be a happily ever after. You get through the pain and then you bask in having been healed and reconciled and changed and made once again whole and new. But there is no swift motion of starting in darkness and moving toward the light indefinitely. There's a lot of in and out. There's a lot of gray area. There are days you're so far back you can't believe you let yourself get there. And then there are days you forget you were ever miserable to begin with. Getting stunted by this, being fearful of moving forward and more fearful of going back is the only guaranteed way that it will ruin you because it's a succession of nows that will add up lifting us from awareness of one experience to another that will be all we have in the end so what we see in the experience is what we have to appreciate before we're lifted away from the monotonous routine because the alternative is that we cease to exist we're done And we let things pass because the discomfort made us feel like we were backtracking away from that light state we're perpetually moving towards. We made a bad life out of a few bad experiences because we weren't able to check off the list of things we had in our minds as prerequisites for feeling content, dare I even say happy. But happiness isn't a contrived mental process that you allow yourself in when things are thought to be right. It's an experience. It is an emotion, and all you have is right now to experience it. And I see such patterns of thinking facilitated largely by our society. Not only that there will be a happy, happily ever after that we are all entitled to after we've survived enough, but that joy is in planning for tomorrow. To be very well millennial about it, God, I can't believe I'm using this as an example. It's like the Tumblr posts and Pinterest boards that are all images of what we want, hope for, and are inspired by. And it's lovely to look at those beautiful things and decide you want them. But how many of us actually get up and get them? Even something as simple as a pretty coffee and book to read by a windowsill. Not many. We get up to complain about not having the lives we dream of and carry on day after day, rinse and repeat. Now is all we have, my friends. You have to choose now. You have to live in the heartbreaking reality that is what you see and perceive in this moment. The mess, the beautiful schisms that make for war and love and peacemaking and harmony and change. The rawness of being so low some days that all you can muster up as your purpose is just to keep breathing and then realize that that's all there is either way. Maybe it is about diving into the deep end and letting now be more than just enough. Realizing that things are only ever as boring and mundane as we let them be. That there are mysteries and experiences and fascinatingly foreign parts of life that we don't see until we take a step out on the wild side, the side of us that isn't concerned about tomorrow. So, um, hopefully those excerpts were helpful. Again, this is all about now is all you have. And I think that that's a great message to end the year with and to go into the new year. Um, I think that we should live it up tonight. Um, whether that be, uh, I'm going out tonight, I'm going to a, a, a ball gala, gala type of party. So I'm, after this, I'm going to get myself ready to go out and celebrate, uh, with my friends and my sisters. So that should be fun. Um, but if you're not doing something like that, like going to a party, if you're staying on the couch, um, or maybe going to sleep early or, you know, having a little house party or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, just take the time to just enjoy today, right? Don't think about, oh, we're going to a new year. 
we're old, we're going into a new year. Just enjoy where we are right now. Enjoy the fact that we we made it. <laughs> we made it through 2022 and we are in the last day of the year. It's December 31st. We've been through all these months and um, enjoy today. Um, I know it's raining here, but hopefully, you know, the weather is good where you are. And if it's not, just make the most of it and stay safe. That's the big thing I would say is stay safe. Stay safe tonight. Um, have a good time, but still look out for yourself and look out for everybody else that you're with. Um, uh, you know, set your intentions for tonight um, and for, you know, the next day of the new year. Um, and just remember, now is all you have. So thank you again for listening to the Black Hippie Lounge tonight and this year. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you to all followers, new and um, past followers. Uh, again, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram and Black um, Instagram and TikTok at Black Hippie Lounge. And um, I will be posting this tonight so that you can listen whenever. Uh, as, I, as always, I'm your host, Chanel. This is the Black Hippie Lounge. Meditate, manifest, invest in you. Stay safe and have a happy new year. Meditate, manifest, invest in you. Join me on my spiritual journey as I elevate myself and like-minded listeners to a higher level mentally, physically, and spiritually. Thank you for listening. This is Black Hippie Lounge, and I am your host, Chanel.